This is episode 134 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 134 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have Ara Palladian on the show, and Ara actually reached out to me. He wanted to be on the show to tell a little bit about his story, which is actually quite inspiring. He took a new job right before the first lockdown and lost it three weeks later. And rather than just collect uh, benefits, he actually went out and started his own construction company. He's an engineer by trade, started his own construction company and started doing his own renovation projects on his own uh, bird and more. So he's a real estate investor and an entrepreneur. And it happened out of necessity, which I can relate to a lot. A lot of what happened with me and how I dove in head first into my first burr, which I actually ended up selling, was I had no other options. I, I really didn't have anything else that was working for me at the time, no other, uh, no other primary source of income. And I had to make it work. So with no other options, it's funny how people seem to find a way. And Ara's story is certainly inspiring. And we also go through some case studies. This guy is definitely able to pull off some perfect bursts and it'll be exciting to watch what he does going forward and i have no doubt that several of the people listening to this are probably going to want to touch base with him regarding renovations in the future so before we get into it i just want to ask you as i usually do uh, and if you haven't already done it uh, please do if you have already done it thank you very much but please just take a moment and rate and review the podcast on apple podcasts as i've mentioned uh, the the show has been tracking quite well in the all-time investing category on itunes um, right around number 15 and i'd love to push it up and see how high we can make it on that list. So uh, I'd really appreciate it if you could uh, if you could go ahead and do that and it'll help more people to find the show. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe and hit the notification bell if you haven't already done so and leave a comment. Let Ara know what you think of the episode. I'd really appreciate it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into episode 134 with Ara Palladian. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Ara Palladian. Palladian. Palladian, you got it. Yeah. Here on the podcast today, Ara, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you reached out to me and we ended up chatting a little bit and you got into a little bit of your story and decided to have you on the podcast. So why don't you just tell for our audience um, how you got into real estate investing and what, what you're up to right now? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm 28 years old, uh, structural engineer by trade. Uh, I went to actually uh, McMaster University. And after graduating, I did a little bit of, um, I did a little bit of uh, structural design for a, like a consulting firm. And then most of my, like through co-ops and everything like that was project management. So I diverted back to that route and I was kind of just kind of coasting with that. I thought, uh, I was part of like the project management team. I thought I'd be a project manager and, uh, just be building condos and apartments basically. Um, and COVID was kind of the biggest, um, eye opener for me. Um, it was a big slap in the face. I actually left the company I was at and, uh, took a new job, literally, three weeks before COVID hit. Okay. And uh, obviously worst timing ever, but it was it was honestly the best thing to ever happen to me. Did they lay you off? They let me off. I, so I started March 16th. I remember the day after my birthday. I started March 16th, 2020. And then I got laid off April like 6th. So like three weeks later. And uh, I saw the writing on the wall um, when Doug Ford kind of stopped like per, um, construct, residential construction with no permits. I was like, that's like two thirds of my project. So, uh, I had, I, I, I kind of saw it, I, I saw it coming. And, uh, at the time I was telling myself, like, I really want to get into to real estate. Like we build like condos and apartments all day long. And then our sister company actually did, um, like townhouses and regular houses 
uh, a big home builder in Cambridge. Um, and uh, but I never I never really never jumped in. Um, so I just had that like comfort holding me back, really. And it wasn't until I was kind of forced to to kind of really think about, you know, where I'm heading, you know, with my career and with, with my life, like supporting, like I, I'm married with uh, three kids now. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And uh, at the time, I only had two. And uh, I was like, this, I, I don't like, you know what I mean? I don't want to be working, you know, this typical nine to five grind. Right. You know, your typical stories, right? with uh the rat race and everything like that so i said you know what this is i'm done with this i've always always dreamt of being an entrepreneur running my own business um and actually at the time i was reading uh, mark Loeffler's book with ian zabo the oh, fix, fix and flip yeah. yeah so i was reading that and then i just i just happened to look at the back and and you know it said you know mark's from hamilton or does a lot of work in hamilton a lot of investing in hamilton i was like oh like hamilton like i literally just finished living there for like three four years i so i reached out to him kind of just newbie like they have no idea what to do and uh his suggestion was uh you know just start off small look for a bungalow and, and make a duplex conversion i was like yeah oh, it's simple enough Um uh, so like i literally spent like a month just you know really hunting down just l- learning all the the aspects of what to look for in a property to do a duplex conversion um you know what it takes uh building code provisions and all that stuff and Everything I was already used to, like when I was doing structural design, we had to know the building code. Um, so it was nothing that was really nerve wracking or, or kind of scary. So honestly, just jumped right in. Okay. It was the best time. I, like, So how did you jump in though? So um, I, I reached out to a real estate, a local real estate agent. He actually happens to be a family member, um, but I knew he, he has some rental properties. So I said, okay, this will be a good person to kind of guide me through and, and, and help me out with picking up my first property. And, uh, yeah, it honestly didn't take too long. Um, uh, we, uh, we found a place in Cambridge in, uh, it's, it's an, it's an area of Cambridge called Galt. And, uh, yeah, it honestly was perfect. Bungalow, side entrance, <laughs> 1970s basement, really crappy. Um, and I was like, telling my cousin like listen this is the one let's put an offer on it um and then uh i i had some i had some family help for like co-signing because at at the time obviously i I didn't qualify for more so so no job yeah so you're going in trying to do an investment without without a job so you got to find a creative way to get a qualified yeah so luckily i did get a line of credit right before um home equity line of credit so i knew i was okay for for uh, like renovations but obviously needed some help with um the refinance. With, with the, yeah, with the qualifications and the refinance. So um, that was the kind of way to just get my foot in the door. Um, and so we picked up my, my, picked up my first property in June of 2020 um, and we just went all in with the, with the rentals. Um, and I said to myself, since I'm – because I, I was somewhat handy um, and I was always thinking about starting a construction company. So I said, I have the time. You know, I'm not going to be looking for a, a regular job anytime soon. I might as well, you know, dive right in and, and do a lot of this work myself and, you know, just get my hands dirty. And I, I feel like it was the best way for me to learn like every aspect oh, yeah. of the project. I love it. And it's also, I don't know, there's something just so rewarding about building something with your own hands, like just Honestly, being involved yeah. in it. I love that stuff. 100%. I, I just wish I had more time for it. Yeah. I mean, later on, I figured out like it's not worth, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of selling my time. 
Oh, yeah. it's But, yeah, the education you get there is like a master's degree in construction. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I actually – so I did my own drawings because um, I have AutoCAD. Okay. Um, well, I, I bought AutoCAD for like a year subscription. Had AutoCAD, so I said, you know what? I'm going to do my own drawings. And through that, I learned every aspect of what the city is looking for. Yeah. Um, and the city of Cambridge was very, very difficult um, with their bylaws. They had like the 60-40 rule where – 60% of the total gross floor area, they want it allocated to the main floor, 40% for the basement. Oh, if you have a secondary apartment. Yeah, okay. and uh, so my thought process was, okay, that's that should be pretty easy because I can just block off like a mechanical room, not finish it, and I should be good. But no, the city of Cambridge still saw that as finished, like a livable space. Yeah. So it was a long back and forth with, how is that physically possible with the bungalow? Because you're basically saying it's 50-50 always. Um, so I had to do minor variants. Yeah, this is the the insane thing with these cities. Like I've legit put put a permit package in proposing the exact same thing a friend of mine did. We used the exact same designer, same type of house. They approved his, but I got a different guy. And yeah. he didn't quite know when he asked the manager. And the manager said, like, oh, no, you can't do that. That's yeah. part of, you know, because it was my furnace room. I didn't have room and I didn't have enough gross floor area for it. So we created a separate room that was on the main floor but had a low ceiling. Like technically it wasn't livable space. He's like, no, that doesn't work in the in the bylaw. You have to put it, you know, somewhere else. I had to literally go back to the drawing board, you know, a couple months more of, you know, getting revisions and then getting it submitted just because – I happened to get the wrong guy on the wrong day. Exactly. And and the guy's like, no, put a notice. He he like he didn't trust me. He's like, yeah, make sure everybody knows that if this comes back, this isn't going to be allowed. Like he was, he was um, quite adamant that I was not going to get that through. I'm like, literally, you just accepted my friends, <laughs> and they, they don't even, they yeah. don't care about that. They answer. don't care at, at all. all. Um, so and so this is my first rental property. I, I'm thinking my drawings are literally like mint, and I, I get technically rejected. They're like, do a minor variance. So, and I'm freaking out now. I've heard minor variances can go like $10,000 and this and that. Well, there's just no guarantee, right? Exactly. And there's those guarantees. And there's the on... time. There's exactly. three months of your time to yeah. wait. Exactly. But you did it. I did it. Yeah. So, um, and and I was even debating because what they wanted is they wanted that furnace room that I, I allocated. The 60-40 worked if you didn't count that mechanical room. So, the, what they wanted is for me to allocate that mechanical room to the upstairs. Yeah, but it would need to be attached to the upstairs, right? It, it needed to be only accessible by the upstairs. Right. So they wanted me to like basically put like a staircase, like, like almost separate like, hallway, yeah, yeah, or some way for them to get downstairs to the or a separate or another hatch. separate entrance. Yeah, yeah. like a staircase could have done, ha- done a hatch. Yeah, yeah. one of those or um, or do another uh, entrance from the back. So I'll do like a walkout just to that. So I, I honestly went through everything and I just decided, you know what, let's do the minor variants. So did the minor variance and I actually in the meantime, because I did start my own um, construction company um, at the time I was just sole proprietor. Um, I was thinking because I, I loved working with my hands so much. I said, you know what, I'll get into it, uh, pick up some projects and, and, and get a little bit of income through that. Um, so I was actually able to pick up a couple jobs during the minor variance time, just like some some basement rentals and stuff like that. And were you doing the work yourself at that, that point? I, I was subbing some of it out. Um, a lot of it I was doing it myself, like framing, drywall. Um, stuff like that, flooring. I was doing myself. So uh, again, it was it was even. I was almost getting paid to practice my skills. Oh, I mean, I I thoroughly think it's well worthwhile to do. I think pe- yeah. more people need to have these skills. Exactly, need to know the basic level. If you've done it, then you can you can efficiently hire other people to do it. Exactly, other and people. then you know if yeah. someone's doing like a terrible job, right? Or, or, yeah, or whatever. 
I've been a huge proponent of that. I've, I've always advocated for, for know the stuff. At least try the different jobs, even yeah. just briefly. Just Especially so you, if you know. like it. Like, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so, and I was like, hey, this is perfect. I have to wait for my minor variance. I might as well work in the meantime. Uh, so we did that. And then we had the committee of adjustments meeting. And it was uh, a little funny to do that during COVID, just all through Zoom. Um, yeah, like the, they basically approved it. No questions asked. They're just like, I, I was actually surprised. Like it, it wasted like two, three hours of my time waiting for my turn to come up. And like, I, I didn't even get, what did they say? Like, they just like, oh, this is the matter of this, you know? Yeah. So, cause the planning department actually had to do a report on my behalf and they all recommended and I, they recommended to yeah, approve it yeah, because that's why it helps with their, um, kind of proponent proponent of bringing more legal units to the city. Right. So they, they, they recommended it gets approved. But so they, they just, recommended it even though it didn't comply. So they, yeah. yeah. So they, did they tell you when they told you to go get a minor variance, did they say that we'll be supportive? They kind of hinted it, but I didn't know until I officially applied for the minor variance when I got that physical report. And I was like, oh, and it was like basically like in bold letters at the end. In conclusion, we recommend that this gets passed. Um, so, yeah. They were, and then we got the minor variance and we just went yeah. went gone home. Another important thing, like if if someone listening to this or watching this, if you have an opportunity to go through the minor variance process on something small, just so you understand what's involved, do it. Because yeah. then you learn, then you exactly. internalize it. You under, and I, I've, I've been through that process, not for my own property, but, you know, working on another project for someone else. And uh, I found it very informative. Yeah. It's very useful to go through it. And that's another reason why, you know, I reached out th- uh, hoping to get on, you know, have a conversation, get on your podcast. I just kind of wanted to get the message out more to new people getting in that, you know, whatever might seem scary at the time really really isn't down the road like minor things like minor as long things, as you've got a good plan b if exactly. you need that minor variance don't do it don't yeah. do it then if that's what yeah. all, like, if I that's need the only way the deal works then that's not a good exactly idea. exactly but i had extra strategies like i got at a good price that i knew i can literally just finish it as a normal basement and and, and sell it um a I perfect could've... place to be plus I... if you can do the work yourself i mean you're saving so much you're not just saving the hourly you'd pay somebody else you're saving the taxes on that the wsib comp yeah. you're saving the inefficiencies the breaks the yeah. there's so many things that you're saving exactly. and then and you're also setting an example as you build a team of the quality that you expect exactly. right on your own company and when you replace yourself they yeah. know what you expect exactly um and then i was even thinking i can rent this out as a single family obviously not cash flow maybe at all maybe a little bit um but i mean better than better better than losing right so i knew i had those backups so i said you know what let's do this minor variance hope for the best Uh, i have a pretty strong case that it'll get passed and another thing i was reaching out to other local cambridge kitchener real estate investors i figured out that there is a duplex conversion down the street from me literally down the street that they had the exact same setup as mine and theirs got approved without the minor variance without the minor variance <laughs> and i brought that and i asked the investor if i'm allowed to you know use her property as an example and she's like yeah go for it and their excuse was we made a mistake we're gonna do a minor variance on her behalf basically just correcting their their mistakes oh man uh, I don't want to say it, so I'm just not going to say. <laughs> I'm not going to say what I'm thinking here. Yeah, it was just, just so, just basically, just to show like the, the hoops you got to jump through. Yeah. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, it was it's still been a a grand slam for a first project. And where uh, are you in that project? Are you so done? that one's fully done, fully tenanted, top and bottom. Uh, we went through the whole construction process. Basically, we got permits after the minor variance and everything in November. Um, and by February, March, we were done. 
Oh, that quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you work your own job. You get stuff done quick. Exactly. And the main floor, honestly, the main floor was was spectacular. They laid new flooring, some laminate flooring before they sold. And they just put in like quarter round for the baseboards. uh, Just like Home Depot quarter round. Didn't even paint it. No baseboards, just quarter round? No, they kept the original baseboards. But just to fill that gap, they just did quarter round. Didn't even bother painting it. So I knew I can just keep the baseboards. Because the flooring was nice. Like brand new laminate. Needed a, a nice paint job. Uh, walls and trim so all, that's all we did sprayed the baseboards uh nice uh nice paint job on the walls and then we re- re- revamped the kitchen like we we painted the cabinets new countertops new new uh light fixture new st- it, it, it honestly turned out spectacular that's why it was a pretty quick renovation because all we had to do was the basement so basically we, i already had all my trays lined up ready to go we just got held back by the mandarin so when we got it it was just yeah, just yeah, go go go. Plow right through it. So you had to smash up some floor for the drains. Yep. And other than that, it was just frame it all up, repour, and split hydro. Your, yeah, split hydro. That was probably the biggest job. That was actually why we got a little bit delayed. Um, uh, that was the kind of the only reason. Um, but you did not actually split water, correct? No, no water, no gas. So that is that's shared. So random tangent here. Hydro. When people call it hydro, we're, that's such a Canadian thing. We, we all call <laughs> yeah. it that. I mean, it's because I think because hydro, uh, water, and electric are usually on the same bill. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. people started calling it hydro. When I was a kid, yeah, every time I heard hydro, I was like, "Why?" Like I was confused. I was like, that, that, "Isn't that water?" <laughs> yeah, hydroelectric is is uh, generating electricity from movement of water. That's but, right. <laughs> so if you say that to Americans, they look at you very funny. What the heck is hydro? <laughs> what do they? They just call just it electric. Electric bill. Yeah, electric bill. Yeah. Kind of easier. <laughs> 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 oh man. Anyways, okay. So, uh, what did you end up paying for that place? So we got it for four fifty six. Four fifty six. And uh, what did your total reno planning and carry in cost? So let's we'll just call it all in about a hundred. Like a hundred for all that? Yeah. Okay. What was the minor variance? Like nine hundred bucks or something like that? Twelve hundred bucks. Twelve hundred. Okay. Yeah. And then you did all the drawings yourself, just printing costs. Yeah, that was another thing with the with the drawings. It, I, I, and then we d- we're doing another duplex conversion right now, and I did the drawings again. So basically, a year of AutoCAD for five hundred bucks, I did two full permit drawings. Now, is it just like uh, the creative element that you enjoy doing, or you just you find it easier to just think of it yourself and, I, and put yeah, it on paper? Exactly. Yeah. So I know AutoCAD very well. From my time in, yeah. I, I learned so it's in your high skill school. already, right? Yeah, and then in consulting, we used to do all the drawings and then do like custom details, custom structural drawings. So I said, this is the easiest way for me to plan everything, map it all out, add all my details, like you know, wall configurations, how I'm going to insulate, and all that. And it was another way for me to like really master the project. Like I knew all the ins and outs of the project because I did the drawings too. Your story sounds so similar to mine. Like just get your oh, hands yeah. dirty. Just get your hands dirty. Get right That's in the there. Thing. Yeah. That's honestly the thing. If you have that drive, I, I honestly it's 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 been a great learning process. Well, for me it was similar. Like I just finished a teaching contract. I had very little else going on. Right. Like I still had my mortgage license, but I hadn't been active. Right. And uh, I was just like, okay, so what am I going to do here? I think I'm diving in feet first, hands first, I don't know, head first, whatever. And I uh, went all out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you did all that renovation. Was it like a two bedroom, one bath unit? Yeah. Two bedroom, one bath. And like we went like, we tried to go like pretty high end. So like quartz and Yeah, nice but like lights. the thinner quartz, like the three quarter inch quartz um, countertops um three quarter inch is that standard yeah that's pretty standard i think like whenever you see like the 
Like well, nice they do the one build up. Yeah. Okay, so so I will just throw that out there. I never use the full thickness quartz. I always use the three quarter inch, yep. and then we just do the build up, like the bull nosing at the front. Yeah. Like a good manufacturer supplier will know how to how to yeah. do that, and the savings is incredible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, and then we do because um, I had a, I have a good kitchen company from my time. Mm-hmm. At my a general contracting company that I, I was building a. Yeah, so you've for. got some some high profile contacts that in the area that yeah. know you and yeah. would trust you. Know that you're not going to mess them around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, I use my electrician from that uh, yeah. company and my kitchen people. So instead of trying to mess around with like IKEA kitchens or whatever, we just yeah. got a full on custom kitchen right to the top. We even put put some crown molding around it, so it it looked sharp, like a very very nice kitchen down there. And then just little things like double vanity. Um, I just said to myself, okay, if I was in the stage of my life where I had to rent a, a basement, I want something nice. Right. If you got to live in the basement, why wouldn't you just make it nice? Yeah. So I could, cause honestly, I could see myself, uh, like let's say, you know, newlyweds, whatever. I'm, I'm moving in with my wife, no kids. I would love to live in the basement we made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just walk in and it's fresh. It's clean. The double vanity portion of itself, it, it just adds you get that good little, light down there. What's that? Good light down there. Good, really good light. Because um, we made huge windows. Yeah. Right. Um, Which is another no-brainer. I think I've said this before. Like, make your windows bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Just cut them down longer, like deeper. Yeah. And make your wheel well nice and big. So, or window well nice and big so that, that you've got lots of room. So, we, we had 47-inch wide windows. And the layout of the windows were perfect because each bedroom, well, the way I designed it, each bedroom had one and the living room had it. So, and they were already 47 inches wide. Okay. That's, that's nice. Not like they were, they weren't deep at all. They were like 15 inches. So all we had to go was straight down. No engineering, no engineering needed, right? Because they already have headers. Right. Yeah. So some people might not be following that, but yeah, if you've already got the width on your window, it's a lot cheaper to to just cut them down, and you just get a bigger window that's that's taller. Right. So I think we went almost three feet deep. Like I think we went about 32 inches deep. So massive, 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 massive windows and. My goal, and it actually worked out, everybody that came, they're like, wow, I, I didn't know I was in a basement. Like, I actually yeah. don't feel like I'm in a basement. And I was like, right. okay, perfect. That's exactly what and I wanted. And Windows are, are what does that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay. So did you get it refinanced? Yeah. Okay. What was your value on the appraisal? It, it came in a little lower than I, I thought it was going to come in. It's still perf- really good, but a little low. It came in at 705. 705. I was, I was thinking it should have been more 750. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what what are they going for now. I think in Hamilton they're they're almost getting up to eight hundred thousand now or seven fifty. Uh, seven fifty yeah, for sure. Kitchener they're going anywhere from eight or like seven eighty to eight fifty, oh, wow. which is basically our our next door neighbor. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you say that like it's a bad thing. You had seven oh five at at eighty percent. That's a five hundred sixty four thousand dollars mortgage when you only have five hundred fifty six into it. Yeah. So that leaves you with eight thousand dollars back in your pocket. Yeah. You know what? Actually. With all of it, I think we were a little bit closer to five uh, sixty four, so about one hundred and five, hundred eight thousand. Oh, okay, actually. so you were basically break even. Honestly, yeah, I, we did. All, I, when I crunched all my numbers, that's why I call it like a hundred percent burr. It was a hundred percent, yeah, a complete wash. That's that's great, right? As long as you get that, if you get the full amount back, then you're really yeah. just limited by your time. And I can't, I can't, like you know, I can't complain for the first one. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what I mean. What more can I ask for? So you've got the skill set. It seems like you've got you know the analytical capability to size up the job, and then you've got the numbers side of things. You're you're crunching them no problem. Yep. Um, so it sounds like you're you're well set to to proceed on your journey. Yeah. Have you built a team under you now that that can do your renovations for you? Yeah. So I have a independent contractor. So I'm looking to actually like so I, I incorporated my company. 
Um, and I'm really looking to, because I've been diving in with like, you know, business books, real estate books, uh, the rich dad, poor dads and everything. Uh, really trying to like build a team on payroll. Yeah. But that's um, the best way to do it. Exactly. If, especially if you're going to keep them busy. That's what I did. Yeah. I just got full team on payroll. Yeah. Pay their WSIB, everything properly insured, yeah. all of it. So that's, that's, you know, next steps. Uh, but for now, it's, um, I have an independent contractor that I've basically, ke- I've kept them pretty busy since like November. Um, cause like in between we, uh, I flipped a house in uh, Brantford basically. Yeah. He doesn't have any employees. He's, he's more of a one man show, but the guy has like 20 years experience. Oh, okay. So just a jack of all trades. There's a lot of the middle jobs for you. And then you just fill in with your electrician and you know, your countertop supplier or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Basically all I, all I bring in is my HVAC guy, electrician, plumber kitchens and me and him. And we got like a laborer, like a part-time laborer. we, We bring in sometimes, uh, we, we basically can, can do the rest. Okay. Yeah. That's great, man. So, so that was number one. You said you did a flip in Brantford. Are you, are you lining up number two or are you already working on it? Yeah, we already started number two. It's in a way nicer area of Cambridge, um, right by the 401. Um, so that one actually we bought in November of 2020, but, uh, honestly, it wasn't even really, cause basically that's when we started the renovations. For that's the when you one. started the, uh, the other. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, what happened was it, it just looked too perfect to be true uh mls looked terrible the and both of these were actually on mls so the mls ad looked very very bad um you just saw white kind of spots everywhere on the walls but when you got there they literally patched the wall sanded them and just didn't bother painting it oh okay so you know from a distance you're like what the heck's going on here but really it just needed a paint job that's it the main floor just needed a paint job so um and there was a flooding issue that the the seller was very um, like open about and there was even some quotes from like a well-known like basement uh, solutions contractor in uh, Cambridge to, to do the fix. So all we did was we took that quote, took it off the asking price and submitted an offer and we got it. Um, the other thing was they wanted to close in March. I still, to this day, I don't know why did they, they did that. They had listed in November to close in March, like minimum March. Oh, wow. Uh, which I think really, really put a lot of people off. Yeah. And, and like the market blew up in like January, February. So if they, if they literally just waited till um, February, uh, yeah. they, they, they could have got way more. Like to put it in perspective, we picked it up for four ninety four. We got it appraised because I had to kind of do some funky financing. Um, we got both the refinance of my first one, the finished one, mm-hmm. and the f- just normal finance of my second one at the same time. The finished duplex got appraised at 705. This this property that needed so much work got appraised at 642. Wow. Yeah. And they're similar? Sim- literally similar. The the first one um had a had a garage and this Hespler one didn't even doesn't even have a garage. But it's just cuz it's in Hespler. Right, yeah, different you know different I mean? area, different expectation. Um, before we get into that one, um, let's just go through what your rents look like. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, sure, so sure. on the first one that you did there, like what, what kind of rents did you get? Uh, so we rented the main floor, three bed, one bath for 2,300 plus hydro. Okay. And then the downstairs, the downstairs, the two bed, one bath, um, 1900 plus hydro. That's a good price. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're getting a lot on that house. 4,200. Yeah. Okay. What are your taxes? Uh, 3,500 a year. Not bad. Insurance. 1200 about 100 bucks a month and maintenance it's pretty new so budget five percent yeah i was even i even went a little conservative to 10 
Okay. Hey, I like conservative. Let's yeah. let's see what it looks like at ten. Utilities. So you're paying water and um, water and gas. gas. Yeah. So I I put three hundred a month, even though it's it hasn't been that. Um, I don't think it'll that'll be like when water and gas is like at the highest. Yeah. Okay. But just for just to make so for to the be numbers, conservative. Yeah. You're not, these numbers are super conservative. Yeah. Management, you got nothing because you're doing self manage for now. Uh, okay. And then landscaping, what are you paying? Or are you they, doing? They cut their own grass. They do their own. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And then miscellaneous, I usually just throw in five hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay, so you said you got it appraised at seven oh five. So your cap rate there looks like it's around uh, five point one nine. Um, okay, so what kind of rate did you get on that mortgage? 1.5. 1.5? Yeah. Man, that's wild. Okay, so that's um, a payment of about 1945 a month, and yeah. then you are getting cash flow of around 1100 yep. Even with those conservative estimates, like realistically your maintenance shouldn't be as high as that. So if it's only 5%, then your cash flow is actually 1300 And if your, um, if your utilities end up being say only three thousand or twenty five hundred now you can maybe we can even add another hundred that hundred dollars yeah. onto your cash flow so really good conservative numbers this deal works every which way you look at it yeah it's been it's been a huge blessing your sure. biggest investment is the sweat into it but yeah. it's kind of like getting paid to go to school exactly you know i spent forty thousand dollars to get an engineering degree this is paying off way this, way this better paid you and taught you exactly. so many practical skills yeah right just and nowadays, it seems like it's so hard to get people to come work for you if you're not involved in the operation. Yeah. So, I mean, just hiring in general. I mean, of course, you can always go with GCs, but if you can, if you can kind of take this experience, be on site, and then you can really keep a close eye on the ones you like, the ones you don't. You can just start hiring, firing, and, and yeah. weed out your team into into be a really good team that'll allow you to do a lot of these deals. For sure, and and, and just being a younger guy too on site, you already kind of get looked at like you know i got i got almost as much experience as your age you know what i mean like because i was 27 at the time like working on site kind of managing the whole the whole process so when they see like you busting your tail on site too and like you know you're carrying drywall and and you're you're framing and you take away the excuses for them exactly um so you know honestly it's been good and you know a lot of people like always recommend like you know uh like delegate 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 everything which obviously Eventually, you work towards it. Yeah. You work towards it, but at the beginning, I got. I would never. I wouldn't go back and, and change it. People do it too soon. I would argue because they'll delegate something they don't understand, and when you delegate something you don't understand, that's dangerous. Yeah, because you're just kind of just yeah. telling them, "I trust you." Just, just yeah. do it. Like when people just jump to have their property managed right away, and I. I can't really knock it because it, it does work for people. Yeah. But if you don't know the basics that go into property management, how are you going to know if that 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 man or woman is blowing smoke? Big time. You won't know. For sure. Yeah, they're making excuses and you won't completely know. So for me, one of the most valuable things I did was was be right on site working alongside with my workers to learn. Yeah. That, like, like whatever stage you are, like, in construction, like, the more time you spend on site just talking to people is you, you just you're just gonna learn right yeah I, I had some people like one, the one guy like he he came up to me he's like hey you need to stop saying this he's like that's not because i was i was saying everything's level oh is that column level he's like no a column is plumb <laughs> 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 you know uh, a table is level yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay you know like, <laughs> so i had some people like kind enough to do that but i think I really did my best to just sell sell anyone I was working with on look like i'm an investor this is what i'm doing i've got the business side of this handled 
and I want to grow together and kind of put it to them. And then I showed them with, you know, made up for any of my lack of knowledge with being in their face all the time. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't perfect. Never is. You no. just kind of have to keep working through it. For sure. And, and even like, like just kind of like, you know, words of motivation for anyone listening to like, you're going to, whatever problems that come up too, like, especially if you're doing like buy and holds, it's, um, it, it's so easy to, to kind of get through those those huge at the time you think like you know the, the world's kind of collapsing like for example on my first one um we walked in one day i came into work on a monday and i just saw like condensation on the windows and i'm like what the heck's going on here i turned the corner to go downstairs there's like four inches of water everywhere like everywhere we had a complete flood in the basement and this is literally like we're we're basically hanging drywall and this happened you know and uh it was the it was the, again, it's like one of the best things to happen during the construction process because I learned that, so what happened was the roots from the neighbor's tree had grown into the drains um, on, not on the city side, on my side, but outside. Like the sanitary drain? Yeah. So you had sewer water up in your... Yeah, but it was clean. Because what happened was I was working on a Saturday, finished like hang some dry, whatever, use the washroom, flush the toilet, left. The dual flush of the toilet was a little sticky. Oh, so it was running? So it was just running constantly, constantly. So there was a block down, like yeah. further down the line, and it just came came back, 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 and up all through all the drains inside. Yeah, I'm almost at the point where if I'm going to keep a property that has an old sanitary line, just get it lined. Yeah. Uh, I've been on the fence with it. Do I maintain it? Do I do it? Do I cut out the roots every year? Or do I get it lined? And it's come back to bite me in the butt yeah. many, many times by not not doing it. But I never even thought of it, no. right? So that was like a imagine like I was telling I was like you know telling like my wife like imagine like the tenants had moved in like that week, you know, and this happened, right? So it could have been so much more worse, and we had very minimal damage. You know, we lost we lost some uh, some tools, uh, we lost like some dry, sheets of drywall. Um, but other than that, like, did it get did it soak the bottom um, the bottom board on your your walls? Not really because we had the vapor barrier so high yeah, that it didn't really do much. It didn't okay. get like up and over some areas yeah. we did, but we just got dehumidifiers. Didn't get in your in- insulation. Yeah. yeah. Usually I end up cutting out like, you know, the bottom one foot or whatever. Yeah, we did have yeah. in some areas, you know, water got higher than, than others. So yeah, we, we had to reduce a little bit of insulation and stuff. But uh, overall with the dehumidifiers just dried the whole place out and... Uh, and, you know, but it was because of that that I, I learned how to, you know, you know, check your lines. Um, we even put in a backflow preventer, which might save something in the future uh, from happening, right? So, it was a, again, it was you think at the time this is the worst thing to happen, but it was a learning experience. You know, I, I, you learn something from that as well. And the thing I noticed from people who have been in this a long time is they don't get worked up over those things. Exactly. And I think the main reason they don't is because, well, one, they've seen it before, but two they budgeted for the unknown, right? Like what if you just have a $5,000 what if fund, you know, just in case fund. If that lets you sleep at night, I think it's all about breaking down what is my fear, what's what's stopping me and just figuring out a a remedy for that. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it is too with the, um, if you include that in your budget, it almost like mentally doesn't even seem like it's that bad, right? You're like, I had to budget it, right? So, no, it's been it's been it's been honestly the I haven't like 
loved my job as much yeah. now than I ever have. Same thing happened to me. Yeah. Very first project, I'm like, this is what living feels like. I yeah. can't believe I spent my other summers, you know, cooped up in an office where I'm out here. And granted, I had lots of stress with it too. Right. But I'm like, I would much rather this kind of stress, sure. you know, because it was like, it felt like I was working towards something. It was mm-hmm. gratifying. Um, but just on that last topic uh, there about budgeting for the unexpected, I had one of my trades, he did his own flips too. And he's like, I don't get it. He's like, no matter what happens, every one of my projects goes over budget by about 2000 but it's always something different. I'm like, did you ever think about just throwing a $2,000 miscellaneous budget <laughs> in your in your uh, your renovation budget? He's like, huh. Like, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> there you go, contingency. That's it, you're done. No, that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny. I, I mean, I, that seems so simple, but I mean, I think sometimes people, I've heard the quote, if you're in your own fog, it's foggy. Right. You know, sometimes you just need somebody else to just come out and give you a perspective. And there exactly, you go. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so what's uh, what's the greater picture for you here? Like, I know you started this. Obviously, you had it was kind of sink or swim because you didn't have a job anymore. Yeah. So, what's your active income strategy now? Because so far, I've just heard burrs. Yeah. So we 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 started I with the incorporated company, uh, doing work for other people. And where no, do you find these people? Um, just you know, getting my name out there, Kijiji, uh, Facebook groups, stuff like that. People people have been reaching out. Um, I want to lean more towards helping investors. That's kind of where I want to be at just because I feel like they have the same mindset as me. So it's just easier to kind of. Well, and there's more value placed on the long term yeah. relationship. Whereas exactly. homeowners and stuff like they don't get how to deal with contractors yeah. and they might not treat you that well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's where we're leaning towards right now. I'm, I'm doing like, you know, bigger scale, um, but still like renovation type type projects just for active mm-hmm. income. Um, like I'm not paying myself right now, um, but like through the company, like through dividends, whatever. Um, that's what I'm going to do for now, but really just trying to build up the company at the same time, just keep going with my building my portfolio and uh, start doing like stock options trading for a little bit more cash flow. And whose uh, course did you use? I use Cody, Cody A's. Okay. Yeah. I'm always curious. Yeah. He, his, uh, no knock on anybody else's, but like yeah. Cody's was uh, a shout out, to, shout out to Cody. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But uh, no, it was honestly very, 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 very good course. And it's been a huge, huge, um, huge upside in just in, in life. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So that's part of your income strategy. Are you doing that through your company? Uh, no, no, personally. See, it'd almost be worth, I mean, just a consideration, maybe talk to your accountant about this, but I mean, from a, from a mortgage standpoint, if you want to qualify for mortgages in the future, it's, it's important that you have consistency in your dividends. Mm. So this year you want to start off with the first good size dividend because then you're going to have another one next year. Yeah. And then that's your two-year track record to qualify for mortgages. Yeah. So if you can run more through the company, it will look better to yeah. lenders in general, just from a mortgage broker standpoint. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So maybe something to talk to your accountant. Yeah, about. definitely. I'll, I'll talk to my accountant. I don't know. Yeah, I never even actually thought about that because, like, right now, I just have a. You can make a business account. You can make a personal. Yeah, account. I mean, it's in my mind, and I don't. I don't think enough people put enough emphasis on this. When you go self-employed, you need to make decisions that are specifically thinking of what will a lender think when they see this. Yeah. And for me, whether. Whether I had a huge year in sales or a lower year or whatever, I just pay myself the same. Right. Consistency is is something that they like to see. Yeah, big time. Yeah, because yeah, I even, I thought of that too. Because uh, another another thing is I, I really fell in love with like the flips as well. I don't want to divert hundred percent into that by by any means, but uh, um, the flipping was a is a big passion of mine too. My wife's an interior decorator, so kind of hand in hand works out where you know she she picks all the finishes of all of my projects yeah. and i kind of just get it done 
Um, and then I was thinking of, you know, I still have to talk to my accountant with how to do that with the company to kind of bring in some more income to the company so I can pay myself through dividends and then still, um, help with my mortgage qualifications down the road. Yeah, dude, I would just say try and yeah talk to your accountant and find out what you yeah. can centralize in that company because yeah. then that can really help you. Yeah, so it's still fresh, but it's uh, it's it's just it's just escalating. It's just really building, and uh, it's, That's it's awesome, been a man. fun process. Yeah, so just and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But the Kijiji ones, how yeah. have they been? Um, honestly, they've been pretty good. Um, I'm gonna. So you have people reach out to you based on your ad. You put an ad. Yeah, I put an ad. And then my independent contractor has an ad as well. Um, so it's been, lately, honestly, it's been really good. I think because so many contractors are, are trying to burn burn these types of clients. Yeah. Um, if you're just like upfront with them, you're nice with them. You're like, listen, I, I run, I'm not just like a one-man show. I run a business. Um, I'm not going to be your cheapest person and this and that. Yeah. And you're just upfront with them. It, it, it helps. But you do you do run into people that like, I, 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 I completely wasted my time quoting a... I didn't even end up quoting it. Um, she had a 2,000 square foot basement area. Okay. That she wanted to do all the flooring. Some area, some of it was finished. She wanted to paint it, all the flooring, and then I had like two bedrooms, a kitchen, and a bathroom. But a big chunk of it was finished, so we didn't have to do that. But yeah. And then I just kind of stopped her. I was like, what do you think like this type of project's going to cost? She's like, oh, I was hoping like 20,000, 30,000. And then I was like, you realize you have like 2,000 square foot, just flooring. Let's just talk yeah. flooring. And I just broke it down like that to her. And, 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 you know, she was just completely out to lunch. Like, just have no idea of the intensity of, of these. So, yeah, I, eventually, like, I don't want to be working with, with just homeowners. Well, it's, it's great if you have people who understand the ballpark. Exactly. Of, of the cost, what goes into it, right? Like, just like what I just described, I would happily hire a GC to just do things for me if yeah. I felt like I could trust them to do it and, and the price was fair. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I am open to that. So, I think it's just key that investors, they know it, they get it, they know it's a business expense, it's yeah. part of their overall profit picture, yeah. and they're willing to pay it. Yeah, that's why the, definitely leaning towards just helping investors. Um, the nice thing with these like smaller um, like basement renos, you know, complete bathroom redos. Again, it is more more practice, more more projects under our belt, and um, it, it's basically we we have basically work lined up until end of September, and that's when my other duplex conversion is going to end. Yeah. Uh, so then we can really like it'll be fall October time and just kind of regroup and just really take the company in the direction I want to take it. Okay, what's something, I'm going to put this back on you, because I don't think I've had anyone else on this show that's kind of done the model I did with starting their own construction company to do their own projects and then also do some others. Yeah. Um, what's something you've learned that you wish that other investors would learn or you would, you would care to share with them that they, they've learned in this experience you've had? Um, okay, I, I think a big one would be to, if you're going to hire a GC, it doesn't matter, like, I'm sure a lot of people have been burned from GCs, but... I think you have to, what I've learned in the industry is you have to trust the person to an extent until they do you wrong. That was a big one that I learned. I've, te- I've tended to teach people the opposite. <laughs> oh, really? Um, in, in a sense where you don't, you're not just writing blank checks for, for people, but right. if somebody has a good track record and... But how would you know? How, how, so so John, John Investor wants to hire a contractor. How's he going to know if that contractor has um, a good track record or not? I mean, through through references. Um, so you're gonna ask them for references. Yeah, ask for references. Check their Google reviews. Do they even have a website? 
Okay, what if they don't have any of that? They're just off Kijiji. Then again, if I was an investor, asking other investors who they've used. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, that's different. Yeah. I look at a referred anything as entirely different than right. than somebody I just found. Like I, I would take a referral twenty times <laughs> versus yeah. you know or nineteen times out of twenty. We'll right. call it that. Yeah. Unless uh, there was an obvious reason to go with a non-referred. Yeah. I just. It, that has helped me out. So trusting people a bit. Trusting people in a sense where like... If if the, if there's evidence to suggest you should trust yeah. them, but then you still want to limit your exposure, right? Yeah. So do you? how do you trust and limit exposure? So it, you trust as in like, I don't want to act like I'm superior than them and I have like authority over them in a sense where like, listen, I need this done by this date. You know, I trust that you're going to get it done that till at that date. And obviously, if they don't, then they're breaking their trust, okay. right? That's kind of how um, I've I've modeled like with my trades. And honestly, it's been I've used the same trades for basically all. So my if stuff. they tell you something, you believe them. At the yeah yeah, and that's that's fair. I, I guess it depends if if timing is your is of the essence, right? Yeah. For me, it always has been on my student projects. Yeah. So if timing is of the essence, do you have the flexibility if they aren't on time? So I haven't been able to give that much leeway in those type of projects. Yeah. But uh, I do agree with you. you. You know, especially if people give you a reason to believe they show you a track record, they came well well uh, recommended. Yeah. Those are all things I quantify and take into account. Um, I think I've, you probably heard me say I, I take um, I do milestones, not deposits. So you know, if I have to buy the material up front, I will I will give a deposit to a trade that I've worked with for a long time. If they just say, "Well, we just needed to get started," big deal. Yeah. Um, so it, there is, there's not a black and white answer there. But generally speaking, with somebody new, if I don't have a track record on them or if I don't have an existing record referral on yeah. them, I don't do deposits. I'm just yeah. like, okay, we're going to work together. We're going to follow each other very closely here. And if yeah. it's a win-win, we'll continue and I'll pay you for what you did. Yeah, like for example, like uh, my uh, my HVAC guy that I use in, in Cambridge. He has about 35 years of experience um, with uh, you know, ductwork furnaces, all that stuff. And now he's running his own show. Uh, it's been, I don't even know how many years he's been doing his own company. But um, he, he, because of that mutual respect where I respect his experience and I actually want to learn more about HVAC through him. Um, obviously, I did my due diligence with you know getting multiple quotes and stuff like that. But he he treated me so right and in turn I treated him so right that like he did extra stuff above and beyond and, and didn't even ask me, you know, to um you know for for extra money or anything like that. It's just because he knows when I do another one I'm going to call him again. Right. Right? For example, like our furnace was acting up. He came out of his way, cleaned the entire furnace um and figured out that there was like a piece of plastic in the blower and it was making it malfunction. And in because he had to do that, he's just like I I cleaned the furnace for you. Right. It's just stuff like that, that like, so why am I going to, you know, in turn, like he gained my trust. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's that type of thing. But you have Um, to trust your gut with people, right? Trust your gut. Yeah. I mean, I I trust my gut with people. It doesn't mean I'm going to write him a $10,000 check and say, hey, hang on to this for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Unless it's like a lawyer's trust account. And then I might leave a couple hundred grand sitting. For sure. Like be smart with it. But I feel like if, if they haven't done anything to do you wrong. Yeah. Don't treat them like they're going to do you oh, wrong. Oh, well, no. I think you, you need to I mean? treat people with respect. And and the conversation is always like, hey, this is nothing on you. This yeah. is just something I've had to do in my business. To you know, to be fair to everyone, this is how I do it across yeah. the board. Yeah, and sure. just kind of like relate it. Hey, it's past experience for me. Um, you know, I do I do have a pretty good feel. You know, I, I have a good feeling about us working together. I just like to take these precautions yeah. to do good business. You know, sure. it's all about doing good business together. 
And um, I think most people can get on board with that. Yeah. It's all how you say it, how you sell it, right? For sure. Some people say they don't like sales. Uh, man, everyone. everyone sells. Everyone. You Your to, yeah. kids sell you on why you should buy them a treat in the store. Yep. <laughs> it's all, it's all there. Is, so, yeah. um, okay. So, oh, sorry. No, I was, was going to say too with like with me, for, for example, with me being a real estate investor and running my own construction yeah. company, if I were to work with other investors, it, it, it would kind of come hand in hand. It's like, listen, like I own rental properties. You know, I want the best for you. Because, you know, I want this property to be on budget and on time. That's the biggest things. Yeah. Right? So kind of give me that leeway where, you know, I know what I'm doing. Like you have to you have to trust in them that they know what they're doing until they prove that they don't. That was, that was my kind of my biggest my biggest thing that I've learned. Okay. You Interesting. I mean? Give me your assurance on this that uh, when your phone explodes after this interview, <laughs> you'll give me priority. That's right. Yeah, you got it. All right. Yeah. I might actually need your help with something. So we'll talk about that For off sure. camera. Yeah, I was going to pick your brain a little bit, too, because it's interesting. We've got similar stories. So I yeah, always yeah, look exactly. for people with experience. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, no, you've definitely got a business model. Like I think there's a lot of room for um, contractors that are also investors in this space. Um, it's complimentary. You're doing the type of project. You you know you can do it. You can do it for other people, too. Um, I think it's a great business, and it's very, again, complimentary to what you're doing. I, even my uh, my coach right now, I have a, I have a, I have a mentor. Same thing. He owns a, um, he's a contractor as well, real estate investor contractor. So kind of the same thing. That's why I reached out to him. Um, and yeah, just that's another big thing that I've learned is get a coach, get yeah, a mentor. Find find good influences. That that'll just help you along the way so much faster. Big time, yeah. Okay. Where do people reach you if they want to follow you? Uh so Instagram, uh at Palladian Construction. Okay. Um you can add me on Facebook, uh just my name, Era Palladian. Um, uh, or they can do we give out numbers here? You can. Yeah. You know, call or text five one nine seven one six four five nine nine. And then uh, work email is just palladianconstruction at gmail.com. Okay. So I'll put uh, a few of those links in your in your description or sorry, in the show notes of this episode so people can find you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for, for coming on. It was an interesting perspective. Again, I don't think we've had this on the show yeah, other awesome. than just me babbling on about it uh, <laughs> yeah. all the time. So um, really appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll look forward to seeing as, how you progress with these new projects. Thank you, sir. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one.